Good morning to everybody. Six minutes past the hour. Glad you could join us here on the radio this morning. I'm Sandy Sandberg, and time uh, for our program, Take It For What It's Worth. And as I mentioned, we're going to have uh, Cynthia Olson back with us here this morning, and we're going to talk about her book called Australian Tea Tree Oil Guide. It's the third edition. It's kind of a first aid kit in a bottle here, so we're going to find out all about it today. And good morning to you, Cynthia. How are you today? Hello? Good morning to you, Cynthia. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. That was my fault there. I hit oh, the I wrong... thought maybe my phone... No, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Feels like a Monday. The electronic age. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little before that time, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm aging myself here. I haven't I haven't figured out the computer completely well, yet. We've realized that with all the computer, we have computers in our office, and Every day there seems to be some kind of challenge around them. They're supposed to make our life simpler, but I, I really question it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really good if you have a second-story window. You just toss them out. <laughs> yeah, I know my kids come home, and then they talk. It's almost a different language. I, I just don't get it. But I suppose I'm going to have to learn here one of these days. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's actually the way it's going to be for, you know. Well, until Y2K hits. Yeah. There you go. Which I was just reading a preparedness <laughs> journal around that um, before uh, you called, and I was looking at all the Y2K preparation supplies that people have been looking at. Uh-huh. Uh, and s several of my uh, people in the community have had Y2K meetings here and stored, you know, water supplies and food supplies mm -hmm. and grains and I was thinking about tea tree oil with that because we did a Y2K seminar at the local high school here, and people brought in information on how they could educate themselves on different products that are available for the Y2K. So we had set up a booth with uh, Australian tea tree oil, and people were really, a lot of people knew about it, some people didn't, so we sold quite a few bottles of the oil and also the books. Well, that's that's great for you. You've had really good success with this book. I was reading uh, reading it and uh, kind of the background on it. You really you really did have a, a good success with this when you didn't think you really would, and that's that's great. But now let's let's get into tea tree oil here this morning. I am like I asked you on Tuesday here. Where did you come across this one? Australian, <laughs> Australian tea tree oil. This was in a garden. Okay. A friend's garden where he had fire ants. <laughs> okay. And I got stung by fire ants, and I don't know if anybody has ever been stung by fire ants. You know it. It's 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 it. You, there's no way you can avoid the the uh, effects of a fire ant bite because it stings immediately. <laughs> okay. All right. And I, I understand this all came about when your kids set you up on a blind date. <laughs> Yeah, they did. <laughs> okay. This was back in the mid-80s. Okay. <laughs> and then my blind date became my par business partner, and we started a business of importing tea tree oil into the United States, into the health food industry. Okay. And then in 89, I wrote a first small booklet on tea tree oil. Um, it was a 42-page booklet. And then I've had several editions since then. I keep revising them because they keep changing. Inf you know, there's more information that always comes out on this because mm -hmm. it has a lot of clinical data, too, so I'd like to include that um, in the information. And then I had a, f 
um, associate, a friend of mine who worked with horses. So she's, she put together a book on first aid for animals for us. So we have this complete library now of a little handbook of 101 ways to use it. We have the guide with the clinical data in it and the mm -hmm. history and the animal book. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we've got all kinds of information out there available to us. Well, let's let's start out here now. Um, where does the tea tree tree? <laughs> where does that? Is it is it in the United States? Is it uh, overseas? Where does it grow? Well, this the tea tree right now is being distilled in Australia. It comes from uh, a myrtle. It's part of the myrtle tree family, and the botanical name is Malaleuca alternifolia. And there are about 300 different varieties of Malaleuca trees, but the alternifolia is the one that they've found has several components that seem to have a lot of first aid um, use for the skin. And that is growing in New South Wales, Australia. They used to do it in the bush country, but now they're doing plantations where the trees don't even become trees. They're like two-foot bushes. Well, I was going to say when I was looking through your book here and, and seeing uh, the pictures of the uh, the uh, tea tree, it looks like a great big uh, uh, cattail or something, a big weed. Uh, is it is it really a tree or is it a bush? It's actually a tree. Okay. But because they have more control factors on the plantations, they never grow 20 feet high like they do in the in the bush. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get a little bit of history on this, and then we're going to get into what tea tree oil can really do for us. Um, there's some pre-World War II history here, and uh, we have a Penfold study. There's actually been some clinical studies done on this, and that's one thing we can't say about all uh, homeopathy-type uh, uh, herbs and, and drugs that you would use to treat yourself. Tell me a little bit about the history of this. Yeah, it does have quite a bit of history. Uh, in, in Starting in around 1923, um, a chemist from um, Sydney uh, conducted studies on the tea tree, and he came up with the, um, the fact that the oils from the tea tree were 13 times stronger um, than carbolic acid, which was the universal standard um, as an antiseptic in the early 1900s. So it started from there. And then uh, it went into some research and articles that were written in the Medical Journal of Australia, Australian Journal of Pharmacy, and the British Medical Journal. And the studies um, were, you know, around uh, the oil being a good disinfectant, good for gargling, mm -hmm. good for tissues and wounds, and uh, even treating diabetic gangrene. Really? Yeah. Wow, is that ever something? That's that's something great for the because di diabetics are kind of. We were talking about some stuff yesterday in a in a little bit of a group by themselves. They have to be so careful what they take, so they don't mess up the blood sugar. You know. Yeah. So when you run across something like this, it's really nice to know. Now, um, when you when you decide to uh, like you said, there were some plantations nowadays here as far as the tea tree. Yeah. Um, how do you? How do you do that? I mean, how do you, the, the harvest and production and, and the growth of the trees, how can you do that? Do you have a yearly crop or a five-year crop, or how does it work? Well, actually, uh, they do it about twice a year. Okay. Oh, they really grow fast. Then. They grow very, very fast. So they harvest the leaves twice a year. They don't cut the whole bush. 
sandy, they just cut the leaves. Okay. And then they have these very commercial, professional vats now inside before they used to bring the portable distillers out into the bush, throw the leaves and the limbs in there and okay. heat it up to a certain temperature to get the oil, to huh. extract the oil. Okay. So uh, this, this it's not really that big of a process then, is it? I mean, granted, a lot of work to harvest a great big field, but there's not that much really complicated stuff involved? Well, it's not complicated. I think what they've discovered is it, it depends on the temperature. They want to get the temperature exactly right so that when the oil is distilled, it's, it's creating um, the most... Um, favorable environment for the oil mm -hmm. so that you're getting a very good grade of oil. Mm -hmm. When they did it in the bush, they couldn't always measure that. Okay. Well, now, now one of the things here I noticed in your book, though, and I was going to question you on this, is uh, uh, the natural habitat is a bit, uh, you know, swampy, low-lying uh, land type of thing. Right. But when you get into South Wales, you're talking about uh, rolling hills, very green, very wet. Yes. Okay, so do you get the same quality of product out of the two places? Yes. You do? Yeah. Huh, okay. You'd think if something uh, that uh, is used to growing in the bush in Australia got to England or, or South Wales, it would ground. But uh, that's... Well, they love wet. Oh, they do? They oh, love okay. the wetter, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the plantations now, that you know, obviously they're they're trying to recreate some of that environment, but... The ones, uh, the trees that grow in the bush love the swamp. I, I have a picture in my files of trees growing almost in a lake, and the, co the color of the water is copper. Wow. Okay. And people go to bathe in it. Really? I yeah. I suppose it's got the, the oil in there. Makes them feel better? Right. The idea? Okay. Really interesting. Now, um, let's talk about... Uh, standardizing a little bit here. Okay, that's one thing that our, you know, our pharmaceuticals are trying to get the fingers in and make a few bucks there too. Um, when I use this stuff, is it always going to be the same potency, or does it vary from batch to batch? How do I, you know? Yeah, it does vary. Uh, there is a standard in Australia uh, that requires that the oil contain a certain percentage of two of the organic compounds, which they test at the agricultural department in mm -hmm. Australia. Okay. But when you buy a bottle of tea tree, let's say, in the United States, it won't say that. So you will not know what kind of potency you're getting with the tea tree. Okay. That's a little unnerving. <laughs> it is. I like to know what I'm getting. Uh, um, but I'm sure you, there must be a way around that, isn't there? Well, there is. I, I, you know, being an educator with this, with this subject since 1985, I really continually monitor what's going on in Australia with the Australian Tea Tree Growers Association and some of the uh, agricultural department. And also I talk to the growers quite frequently, the plantation people, to see what they're doing to keep the standards up and high and what their production rates are levels are and what i would suggest is if anybody has any questions on what they're purchasing that they go directly to the company that they bought the tea tree from that would say on the side of the bottle and say do you have a chemical organic analysis of this oil and if you could give it to me 
you can do that for even vitamin supplement companies. Hmm. Okay, that's a good suggestion. Then you really know what's in it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's talk. This this uh, Australian tea tree oil is kind of uh, known here as the uh, first aid kit in a bottle. Okay. What do you use this? I mean, a little a little tiny bottle of oil. What do you use this for? Uh, it's very good for topical skin problems, uh, and this would include for adults, children, even babies, if it's diluted down, and animals, domestic animals as well as farm animals. So for people, they would use it for any kind of skin um, uh, irritations that you have in a first aid kit. It would for cuts, for burns, for boils, for fungus. Foot wow. fungus uh-huh. uh, for uh, uh, <laughs> poison ivy, canker sores, okay. swollen gums, okay. head lice for children. Let's let's go through a couple of them and see how we should use it. You've got a little chart in here in your book here. Um, one thing up here in Minnesota, anyway, this is a good time of year for blocked nasal or sinuses. Okay. okay, how how can I use tea tree oil to my advantage? For nasal um, uh, passages, I would suggest that you get a big um, uh, pot of warm water mm -hmm. where it's pretty hot, but you don't want to burn yourself. Put about 10 drops of the oil in and make a tent with a towel and let the vapors uh, steam o over your nasal passages. Mm -hmm. You can also take a wet washcloth, a warm washcloth, and put several drops of the oil on the cloth and place it over your sinus area and just let it penetrate. Hmm. Okay, so very, very simple. If you're going to do the steam tent thingy, it takes about five minutes. Is this something that you're going to see an immediate result or something you're going to have to do for a while? I think that you will see some immediate results with this. Okay. Yeah. All right, very interesting. I just, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but uh, the uh, Mayo Clinic just came out with a brand new study here that uh, a lot of times with people with sinus pa uh, sinus uh, infections or uh, uh, that type of a thing, even uh, bronchitis uh, type of uh, what we used to call an, uh, a bug, okay, is actually fungus. They're finding if they treat it with an antifungal like uh, Lamazil or uh, Diflocan, that the people actually get better instead of having relapses as soon as they're done with their pills. So there's something to this stuff. I think a lot of the things that make us sick are fungal rather than bacterial. And uh, this sounds like the thing for it. Um, let's talk about earaches. Okay, I remember when my kids were little, they had, uh, my, the one anyway, had just one ear infection after the other. If I have a little one at home that gets earaches a lot, how can I um, use this safely without doing any damage? Okay. You know, with the ear canals, you always want to be careful. Uh, what I would suggest for that, I have a, one of my granddaughters, she's 11, and she's been getting reoccurring ear infections. And so I've been giving her some ideas on how to use the tea tree. Mm -hmm. And what I would suggest is warming up about a quarter of a cup of olive oil, put four to five drops of the tea tree in, and then take a little dropper or a uh, cotton swab and drop small amounts into the ear, tilting the head to the side, and then let it drain in for a few minutes, and then do the other ear if that's 
a situation there as well. Okay, now now when we're talking about a little kid here and you say a few drops, so, mm-hmm. you know, people people think that means, uh, you know. Four to five, maybe, okay. in a quarter of a cup. And uh, the, the reason I revised, I had a little handbook that came out in 91, and the reason I revised it in this past year was because I wanted to be more exact mm-hmm. with the usage and the drops because I have found that people tend to think if a little works a lot, works a lot better. And with tea tree, because it's so concentrated, you really only need to use a little. Okay, now with tea tree oil, can this stuff be, uh, Does it? can it interact with anything I might be taking as far as uh, another herb or vitamin or prescription drug? The only thing that you want to be careful with with tea tree is not to use it close to a homeopathic remedy because it's different. The homeopathic remedies, I suggest you store separately from the um, the regular herbal mm-hmm. remedies, especially tea tree, because they have found that it negates the beneficial properties of a homeopathic remedy if it's used in conjunction with it. You can use it about two hours before or after, hmm. but I don't store my homeopathics near my tea tree. Okay, and, and one thing here people need to understand, too, is when we're talking about homeopathic, that's actually broken. The plant is broken down, and all that's left there is the energy of the plant, pretty much. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, and it's it's really, there's a, a gentleman that used to be part of the um, homeopathic, uh, he's written several textbooks on homeopathy, Robin Murphy. He no longer lives here, he's moved back east, but... Um, He used to give study courses on homeopathy, and and we keep a homeopathic kit at the office, Mm -hmm. but we always keep it separate from where the tea tree is. Okay. Yeah, I just really strongly recommend people do that. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about a couple more uh, conditions here that uh, people tend to get. Uh, Emphysema. Now, that's one of those things here where we just kind of figure, well, I'm going to cough and be an oxygen and sit and sputter, and eventually it's probably going to kill me. There's actually something, uh, tea tree oil will work for emphysema to do what? What what will it do? Well, there aren't any studies on that, Mm -hmm. and that is a very um, tricky kind of um, uh, thing because emphysema, as you know, is created from a lot of different health conditions. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have smoked for a long time, for instance. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But it will... um, help to vaporize, uh, put, perhaps putting the, uh, there again, uh, three to four drops, three to five drops in a vaporizer and allowing the vapors to go up into that area. Mm-hmm. And see, the tea tree is an antibacterial and antifungal okay. agent. And if there's some situations going on in, in the lung area, that will help to alleviate some of those symptoms. Okay. All right. Uh, very, very interesting there. That's that's nice to know because when you get into those sorts of situations, you'll do just about anything to be comfortable. Okay? Yeah. And uh, once again, we're we're talking about uh, alternative medicine here. And if you're taking powerful uh, drugs that your doctor is prescribed, make sure that you at least let them know what you plan to do. So if there would be any problem, they would know what to look for. Okay. Now let's let's talk also here about um, acne. I know this is one thing I, I heard my kids complain about uh, as as uh, teenagers. Oh, I got a pimple. Okay. Can can tea tree oil actually cure that up? Clear that up? Yes, it's very good for acne uh, because there again, 
uh, any it will cut through it will go through the top layer of the skin mm -hmm. and basically attack the bacteria and to help clear up the um, acne. I've had several teenagers use it just a few drops with a Q-tip directly on the acne or they'll do a tea tree soap or a tea tree cleanser mm -hmm. and you can add witch hazel to it and maybe chamomile or calendula, whatever's soothing for the skin and make up your own little tea tree wash mm -hmm. and then just apply it on the skin and uh, kind of like an antiseptic toner okay. to leave it on. Okay. Now, now, a couple of these illnesses here, you know, we, we talked about some, some big ones like bronchial congestion, emphysema, uh, you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. I have a question for you here, and I hope if I'm putting you on the spot, I'm sorry, but i got to ask. Okay. I have heard from other people that study herbal medicine that um, if I start to get sick or feel really crummy, if I catch it the first day and, you know, the first eight hours or so, usually you can feel when something's coming on. He says, if you take a glass of, uh, you know, about eight ounces of uh, lukewarm water mm -hmm. and put two teaspoons of uh, baking soda in it, mm -hmm. it actually can prevent the uh, the stuff from getting any worse. Maybe we'll even uh, turn it around. And what it does is it raises the blood uh, alkalinity to approximately 7 to 7.4, where it should be, where your cells are all getting enough oxygen. If I do that... And do the tea tree oil on top of this? Am I going to get a better result? Not necessarily. I think it would enhance it, and okay. tea tree doesn't affect the the pH factor. Okay. I asked a chemist about this recently. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I, I was down in up in Denver, and chemist who's been working with tea tree for about 20 years, and I specifically asked him if the tea tree would affect the pH level in the body. He says it does not. Okay, but doesn't it affect the cells in your body? It supposedly has very deep penetrating properties that will go into the cells of the body. Mm -hmm. Well, that that kind of was my point there. I okay. got kind of long-winded, but okay. you know, when the when the uh, cells are are healthy, when your alkalinity is just about right, yeah, and you put something into your system that the you know, if you're sick, but if you take a, a, a blood and look under a microscope, it's kind of clumped together. Yes. But if you're healthy, they're not doing that. They're all floating where they should be. Is it easier for them to absorb what you're giving them that way? I would think it would help to enhance that. There aren't a lot of studies on it yet. Okay. All right. Interesting stuff. There's just so much possibility here, though. I just kind of get excited. <laughs> I know. It's wonderful. So... Okay, now an another one that I know about. Let's let, you know, insect bites and stings can be kind of nasty here, but um, some people go into anaphylactic shock when they're when they're uh, stung or bit. Yeah. Um, is tea tree oil going to do anything as far as that's concerned, or just relieve the uh, topical sting? Well, there again, it will penetrate into the skin and help to take the swelling down mm -hmm. and any kind of infection that may set in. Okay. But if I'm out in the middle of the woods uh, mm -hmm. doing something and somebody gets stung and we find out then that they're allergic to the bee and we're 20 miles from a hospital, mm -hmm. is uh, tea tree oil maybe something I could put a few drops into on their tongue and see if that won't prevent the anaphylactic shock? <clears throat> the FDA is not approving tea tree right now for internal use. I'm not going to... Internal meaning you actually 
swallow it. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not talking about uh, douching with it or brushing your teeth with it. The, their, their definition of internal is you put a few drops in a glass of water and you take it and you drink it. Mm-hmm. Although I've talked to people who have been doing this for years and years and years. But it's really, the FDA does not suggest using it for internal use. So we have to be kind of careful with that one. Okay. Well, we won't get into that because we'll both get a nasty letter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. Um, a couple other ones here that I know people that uh, that suffer from these shingles. Okay, you want to talk about something painful? Shingles are horrible. Now, many times they're on the inside of the body. You can't see them. You just know they're there because of the pain. Um, how will tea tree oil help the shingles? Well, it helps cut down on the pain to begin with. And it will help with um, the, the 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 skin. What I understand with shingles is the skin gets really inflamed and hot. Right. And I believe that what it'll do is help soothe that feeling. Mm-hmm. Now shingles. My understanding is, isn't that an offshoot of chickenpox? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, well basically the herpes virus and, okay. and you know there's so many of them but smallpox is herpes virus too. Right. So it's it's an offshoot just a little worse. <laughs> yeah. And there again there's some new products that are coming out that supposedly are supposed to help with even um viral infections. In mm-hmm. the body. Okay, now I've, I've heard oil of oregano is fantastic for the viral. I've heard that, and another one that I'm studying right now is uh, olive leaf. Oh, yeah, I've done some reading on that one. Not a lot, but a few pages here and there. I get uh, the Discover Science magazine. Yeah. And uh, there was something in there quite interesting. So I'm anxious to see what comes with that. I am too, and I think you're going to be hearing more and more about it. Mm-hmm. I've been exploring different. Uh, products around that too to see what the standardized, you know, how it's standardized and mm-hmm. what's potent and what's not particularly potent. And I've used myself as a guinea pig with a couple of different okay. brands. <laughs> Brave lady here. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, but once again, you have to be careful. I, I, you know, I the name is floating around in this head here, but I can't quite catch it. But a few years ago, they had something come out. Uh, it was uh, something from, I believe, Europe that was supposed to be so good for you. And I know one lady that took it and ended up having to have a liver transplant because of it. Um, so you need to make sure that it's, you know, you want to get it from somebody that's qualified to sell it to you, either somebody yeah. that grows it or researches it or a health food store. And, uh, you know, make sure you get your answers before you do something. Very important. Right. Now, one more, and I don't mean to embarrass anybody here, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, a lot of uh, women in their childbearing years, uh, especially during pregnancy, you'll get sore breasts or nipples. Does the, the uh, uh, tea tree oil work for that as well? It helps. 